0: Hey everybody, and welcome to the Darkcast. This is DCI number 68, and I'm your host, Jonathan Miley. In this episode, I got to speak with Nathan Minier, who is one of the developers and co-founders of Touch Fight Games, a studio that's only about two months old, Uh, and they uh, they set out to make a game for Halloween called Go to Bed, Survive the Night, and impressively enough, they actually pulled it off. It's currently available on iOS, and we talk about the development of the game and uh, what the game actually is. If you want to find out more information about Go to Bed, then you can find that on the show notes to this episode on Dark Station. Com. If you want to find out when more interviews like this are going up on Dark Station, then you can follow us on Twitter, we're darkstation underscore com, if you'd like to subscribe to the podcast. We are on iTunes. Finally, if you want to send us an email, you can do that at podcast at darkstation.com. As always, thank you so much for listening. Now on with the show. Thank you, Nathan, for, for joining me on the podcast today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. i uh, doing quite well. Well, well, totally well. <laughs> it's been a Rel- long uh, couple of days. <laughs> relatively well. I, I understand how, how that feels. Um, I got to do Extra Life this past weekend, so that was uh, about 27, 28 hours uh, being awake nonstop. Yikes.
1: Okay, so that's a little bit crazy. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah. for a cause. Yeah. Yeah. Good it cause. Was,
0: it was. It was a good cause. It was a lot of fun. Um but uh your your weekend was probably more crazy I would imagine because uh go to bed
1: launched recently on the App Store and everything. Yes indeed. That was sort of a surprise thing that happened. <laughs> 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 we were we were hoping that it was going to come out uh I mean it was a pleasant surprise. We were expecting it was going to take about a week longer to get out. So the fact that it was like, like right there
0: at Halloween and
1: Yeah, I mean we we're happy to uh, have it out before Halloween give it sure. a little breathing room to kind of get out and about before uh, Halloween is over because then, you know, people start thinking about Christmas. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. People don't want spooky games for Christmas unless, you know, you're down with like the night before the nightmare before Christmas or something.
0: Yeah, I always I always thought Scrooge was kind of spooky. And I, I, I never that. really understood why why Scrooge is I mean, obviously it's a Christmas story because it takes place at Christmas, but I mean you've got three ghosts that are scaring Scrooge into being a good get- person.
1: Like it's the that's
0: best.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> It's that doesn 't really give you the
0: <laughs> that doesn't give you the warm fuzzies uh, but uh, anyway anyway um, so uh, before we get talking about uh, go to bed, uh, which we will do in depth here in just a little bit, nice. tell us a little bit about who you are and and what you do at touch fight games
1: sure, um, well, most people who know me uh, know me from my work in the kind of the freelance uh, video game press world uh, okay. for, the, for for most of the past decade i 've been writing professionally. Uh, i started off as a reporter and then i kind of transitioned into freelancing in the games industry uh i've written for a lot of publications <laughs> over the past eight years or so anything uh, people would recognize uh yeah i mean pretty much most of the major big ones like ign Gamespot, uh pc gamer uh, nintendo power all the old magazines that have sort of fizzled recently i gotcha in the past year or two um lots of places and some other some other kind of gigs but cool uh, i've gotten get i get around or i've gotten around i uh, but sort of, um, and also I'm the author of uh, a series of books called The Game Journal Guides, which kind of help people kind of feel out the their route into the world of freelancing in the games industry and uh, in the games press. So there's a couple books I've, I've written, and I have some more in the pipeline. But um, yeah, and that's sort of what people know me for, for the most part, because I've been doing that for a while. Uh, but more recently I've sort of transitioned out of the games press uh, I'm still freelancing as a freelance writer full time but I'm doing other kinds of freelancing that are that's related to games and it's related to tech but it's not for traditional press outlets it's more for uh, private companies and kind of related gigs but uh, transitioned out of the games press and decided to form my own indie game studio which has been an exciting adventure that just sort of happened this summer uh, and now we're sort of uh, going full speed ahead. <laughs>
0: nice, very cool.
1: It's been a weird. It's been a weird year.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Now, what kind of uh, was the inspiration behind making that transition? I, I'm, I imagine. Uh, I mean, I know this is at least kind of true for me, but I imagine most people that want to write about games really do so because they really want to make games, but that's really hard. So you start off about writing, <laughs>
1: writing <laughs> about them first. <laughs> Well, it's interesting because uh, it's about 10 years ago or so, when I was just first, right before I got my first gig as a reporter, I was just out of college, and I, you know, I've always been a sort of a nerd, I've always been to gaming and stuff, and, and writing too for even well before that, um, but I got a copy of Game Maker, like the, one of the earlier builds of Game Maker, yeah. about a decade ago, and I just started fiddling with it, and I was like, you know, this is it's like coding but I'm not don't really know how to code but it sort of kind of gave gave me a feel for built just putting a game together and I made a couple Mm -hmm. crappy platformers and did you know just fiddle around with the programs to kind of have fun with it while I was doing job hunting for uh, to get a reporting gig and then that was sort of the last, you know, like at back 10 years ago, there was no like indie games was not a thing so right. much. Like it was a totally different ball game. It was like shareware. No one wanted to buy it. <laughs> you know, like you make a game and you put it out on like a, a floppy disk and people were like, what? Um, it, it, it was The industry was different back then. So it wasn't really like, you know, I thought like, well, it'd be really fun to make a game and like sell it. But how am I going to sell it? Like put a couple of discs at a local counter of my, you know, local <laughs> power shop. Like didn't really like the internet. I mean, I had dial up modem at the, at the time. Yeah. Like, so it was like, not like not an option to like do something with games. And at the same time, my main career focus at that time was also trying to break into journalism. And writing, so you know, I've always been a gamer, been a big nerd, and I love I love games, but I also like writing, and writing has been one of my passions since I was very young. So, um, you know, professionally, I went to school uh, for for journalism, and when I graduated, I wanted to get like a reporter's gig and kind of start down that path. Hmm. Um, so, when I eventually transitioned to the games press, that was more of me wanting to write about something that I felt more passionate about than local town government and police and crime and stuff. Like, I, you know, I cut my teeth doing that for a couple years as a reporter, but I mean, I, I was more of like an entertainment reporter uh, in college, and that's kind of more along the lines of what I wanted to do. And so that. Yeah. Pushing into freelancing was like wow, I can get paid to write about video games, which is super cool. <laughs> and that's kind of like how I got into games journalism or you know games press. And you know, in one hand being a critic, but also just doing like traditional reporting, like you know, doing interviews and writing feature articles and pitching. Um, and so I never really got into the games press with the intention of actually kind of using it as a springboard. Um, it's more been about the way the industry has changed in recent years, and having been at this for quite a long time. I kind of felt like uh, you know things were changing, and I kind of needed a change. Mm-hmm. And I'm sort of into I'm, I'm a creative person, so I love you know coming up with new projects to dive into, which is why anybody who knows me pretty well, you know, is always like, "Man, you're crazy! You're doing like 50 things at once on any given day," which is very true. So, yeah, I mean, that's sort of forming a studio was more kind of an accident, really. Like, I didn't really intend to, hey, I'm going to launch an indie game studio and this is what's going to happen. It was, you know, I have a couple of friends in the area where I live, which I live in rural Vermont, which is like really in the middle of nowhere when you compare, like, you know, the the, nowhere near the pulse of the game industry at all. Um, But, um, you know, I've got some friends in town that were, you know, fellow kindred spirits into arts and music and games and stuff. And, uh, you know my friend John could uh, you know he was he, he had some experience in Game Maker and was able to code mm-hmm. uh, my friend Len who's his older brother uh, you know has, is, does great art and he's also like a, a writer um, and you know does children's book stuff so um, we kind of sort of just came up with this idea over the course of like a week like hey let's do a project and hey let's make a game and Hey, let's actually do it legit and form a studio and <laughs> go through the process of making an LLC and doing it, doing it proper. So that's kind of how, how the quick and dirty way of how TouchFi Games came about.
0: Okay, very
1: cool. <laughs> Weird story. So, uh, so you guys have been around for just this
0: this year. You started uh, working on all this stuff in 2014.
1: Yeah, just about August or so. I think is kind of when we officially got the. Uh, oh wow! So started. like yeah. two months. Yeah, I mean, the, the, wow. the, the, the depth cycle for Go to Bed has literally been, like, two months. That's <laughs> and we awesome. Started on a, yeah, we, and we started on another project before that, and we were like, hey, let's do... Like, we, we had started prototyping a game that's actually... We're, I think we're going to make a version of it eventually, but it was just like, hey, let's just dive into this big project. and ended up being kind of ambitious, and the mechanics are cool, and it's the artwork is slick, but we're like, you know, we should probably do, like, a shorter, more simpler project first, just to kind of get something out. And And... Sure. Uh, and then that's kind of how Go to Bed happened. It was sort of like well, Len prototyped an idea and had some artwork and kicked it to me. And I said, hey, I can whip up a prototype of this. And I did. And then I sort of presented it to the, everyone. And John put some stuff in there. And we kind of all just went around in circles and polished it up. I'm like, hey, this is going to be your first game, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, And it, happened, so it just so happened that we're like, well, it's August now and Halloween's coming up. So let's do a spooky game and have it out in time for Halloween, which is like a really – Stressful, crazy deadline to set for yourself. It's like, hey, Halloween's in two months. Let's get this done in time for that.
0: Yeah, not, I mean that that sounds like it'd be stressful for pretty much anybody. But this is this is your first game, and I mean, yeah. have um, John and Lynn have they done any? I mean, obviously they, they had some uh, experience in like coding and stuff, but have either of them actually worked on a game
1: before? No, I mean, well, John, uh, you know, he's coded a lot of different game maker games, and he's put some okay. stuff okay for free, but he's, I mean, not I'm pretty much the only person who's been involved in sort of the game industry in any capacity. Okay. Uh, you know, Leonard, he's a—he's like a, you know, he works locally, but he does writing stuff on the side a lot. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously they both play games a lot, uh, but neither of them, I think, previous to, to this sort of adventure have been directly involved in the game industry. Um, and, I, and I have a lot of experience sort of like, you know, covering games, and I've really been an enthusiast for in, the whole, like, indie game side of things, so... Mm-hmm. It felt like a good meeting of the minds As far as each of our skill sets and talents Sort of, uh, you know, combine really well together um, And we seem to work well together So <laughs> I think that's part of the reason Why we were able to get this game out Within the course sure. of two months And uh, Yeah, it's been, it's been a wild ride
0: that's awesome. That's uh I, I can say you guys are crazy, but uh yeah, that is we awesome. definitely <laughs> are crazy.
1: <Yeah. laughs> I don't know what we were thinking, but uh Uh so where are you guys actually located? Um, uh, so we're we're in southern Vermont like okay. in the uh Bennington area. Like we're kind of spread out a little bit up down here, but we're we're all in the same area and okay. uh, it's You know, we're about a couple hours from the city, New York City, a couple hours from Boston, a couple hours from here and there. It's gotcha. sort of a nice location, but it's really kind of out in the middle of nowhere too. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, and and there's really no like scene out here. Like, if if I wanted to get involved with like other indie devs, we'd have to drive way north to like the Burlington area where there's a little bit of stuff going on within our own state. But really, basically, it's like you drive out in the city or you drive to Boston. That's like the closest places where there's any sort of indie game stuff happening, gotcha. l- like local to us. So we're kind of in a little no man's land pocket of just trees and cows. <laughs> 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 but we manage.
0: That's that's pretty awesome. Now, you guys uh, on your website you have a tagline and it's uh, quirky games for quirky people. Uh <laughs> so I imagine that means you're not at really any point going to try to make like a straightforward FPS or sports game or something like that. But what I, what does that phrase kind of mean to you?
1: Well, to I, we're all sort of like weird dudes. Like we're kind of I mean, we're all eccentric in different ways. Um and and it's just sort of like we're all a little bit demented, too, which kind of helps. I mean, like, I, I, the kind of games I'm attracted to, I don't know if you're allowed to swear on this podcast, yep. but, I mean, the, yeah, the kind of games We are, have an I'm explicit
0: attra- rating, so okay, go perfect. for so it. The games that I don't We don't like use it most, enough.
1: The <laughs> games I want to play are the games that make me go, what the fuck did I just see? Like, what, what, what the... Like, I'll see the trailer, and be like, holy, holy shit, what is this? Like, this is so weird. <laughs> I need to play this. Like, there was a game that, there's a trailer just came out, and, like, you play as a piece of toast, and it's just, like, 3D, I forget what the studio, but it was, like, I'm, like, I saw a trailer, I'm, like, I need to play this game right now. Um, and, and so, like, the weird games, uh, especially indie stuff, is kind of what I'm attracted to as a player, and as, you know, as as a journalist, too, that's kind of what I my beat was for the longest time, was... Digging deep into the, like, I mean, I remember when, like, World of Goo first came out and some <clears> of the first wave of, you know, the bigger indie stuff rolling out, that was kind of what I was pushing to cover at the time and interviewing those folks and do that. So that's sort okay, of sure. always been one of my favorite beats. And those are the kind of games I, you know, I'll play AAA stuff and, I, and I, I dig that a little bit, but I mean, I love just the weirdness and the inherent uh, creativity and, and sort of broad range of biznar- bizarreness you can encounter in sure. sort of indie games. So that's kind of like the idea. We're pushing in our studio is that, you know, some of our games may be, you know, eventually there, we'll probably put out some games that do have some kind of normalness to them. But the idea is that we want to put our own weird spin on everything we come up with. So we come up with an idea, it's like, okay, this is cool, but how can we make this game a little bit different or a little bit weird or put our own personalities into it? Mm-hmm. And that's definitely what we do with Go to Bed, where, you know, there's throughout the game, you know, between the audio and, and the art style and even just the gameplay, like our own distinct uh, weirdness is kind of sprinkled in there liberally throughout the game and, and I think it's sort of a good good starting point to introduce people to kind of what we want to do um, we have some more traditional style games kind of planned out but we're also going to put some fun uh, quirks into them so the idea is to just kind of make the games that maybe a little bit off left of center a little bit weird um but you know, are also fun and just kind of unique. As much as we can, as much as we can swing it. I mean, we're three dudes, and we're uh, you know we're just getting started out. I, I didn't know how to code at all, really. I mean, I did game maker coding uh, to some extent, but like this first project was sort of me cutting my teeth and trying to really learn some of the skills to put games together. And uh, that, along with that comes a lot of troubleshooting, mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> and just the whole process of trying to export to iOS and get the iOS. To, that was like. <laughs> I don't want to get into it it's was been it been a huge uh, headache the past like month the, the first month we had most of the game built we're like hey this is great awesome and just getting the game polished which is not that hard you know that that went pretty well but just getting the technical stuff to get it to work on the proper devices and mm. you know we could have just gone with the PC version which sort of was you know the idea but we're like you know this is really like a, goes well with like a mobile touch type setup so we need to you know let's do a mobile version and Um, just but the process of getting through that and figuring out some of the different issues we had to get through with the coding was just like a Real, we actually didn't think it was going to work. It wasn't going to come out when I was. We got it to play on the devices, but just getting it up to the store was a real mm. challenge. And we solved that literally like a couple weeks ago. And that's the only reason <laughs> oh, why wow. the game is actually out on time is we were almost going to give up. We're like, you know, let's just do it one more time and try it. And well, did it have to do with just uh,
0: getting things approved by Apple, or what? What was it that was kind of the, the roadblock there?
1: Well, um, part of it was just technical stuff. I mean we, we use this whole game was built in Game Maker, uh, so. You know, it's it's a it's a neat engine. It's different. I mean, there's a lot of different kind of programs people can use. But um, you know, exporting from Game Maker, uh, in hindsight, is actually not that complicated. But having never done it before, we're like, mm. gotcha. Sure. And then obviously there was some tutorials that we were following. But then they'd update the versions, and it's like things would be a little bit different. And uh, some of the troubleshooting is is just tricky trying to figure that out. And and iTunes, you know, or excuse me, the App Store, you know, has some specific stuff you gotta uh think about as you're trying to get your game up there and um so and, and also I'm we're like I'm only one person on the team has a Mac. So I'm a PC guy. <laughs> so like we basically like anytime we wanted to export the game to work on to try to get like a build out on our on our device to try or to try to submit to the store, we would have to like drag all three computers together to one spa and then like try to get them to all talk together. And each time we do that, there'd be some new trouble shooting problem with like the wifi wouldn't work right. Or sure. it was just sort of like a, a big nightmare of technical issues that were really sort of beat us down a little bit in spirit. It was pretty, it was hard to work through, but ultimately we just kept doing it and it worked out. And uh, so it feels good to have, I mean, really the people, people that know me well know how uh, I've been sort of out of sorts the past couple of weeks Prior to the game's launch, just like trying to get everything to work right and mm-hmm. uh, so it's been a bumpy transition, but I'm feeling a little bit better about it now that at least at least we know it's out in the store and people are buying it a little bit, <laughs> and that helps uh, yeah <laughs> awesome well,
0: um what actually is go to bed for those of us that don't know
1: sure okay, uh, well, go to bed is a um, I'm going to throw a lot of words. I'm going to smash a lot of words together into probably a long sentence. But, that um, works. It's it's sort of like <laughs> this um, spooky, hand-drawn indie horror game, uh, and it's very much inspired by the artwork of, like, Edward Gorey. Uh, Len's, uh, that's one of Len's big inspirations. So it has this sort of dark uh, children's book vibe, but also probably a little bit more demented than that uh, kind of So maybe, both. like,
0: Tim Burton children's book style? Yeah, I mean, like any, like if he... all
1: yeah, those kind of like the dark. It's all it's all black and white. It's very kind of dark and, and spooky, um, and and the type of gameplay is it's sort of there's an arcade element to it. So it's sort of you know you're you're tapping monsters to keep them from uh attacking this young boy who's in the trying to go to bed um but it's essentially we're calling it a bedroom defense game so uh the story which there's a pretty strong story element uh and, and voiceovers and audio background put in um you're a young boy and you're sent to your room uh, begrudgingly to go to bed and then once the lights turn out uh, all of these dark shadow creatures kind of come into play and uh you know young boys are obviously delicious if you're a shadow monster so uh they're all trying to get you essentially and the idea as the players you uh, especially with i mean with the pc version and ios version the gameplay is very similar but uh you're essentially tapping the monsters to try to keep them away uh before because every time they touch the boy it makes him a little bit more scared And if you get hit a certain number of times then it's game over um that's sort of the gist of what the game is. It's a very, it's a very simple concept and we wanted intentionally to keep it uh, very simple and easy to pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've layered a couple of things on there. Like lightness plays uh, light and dark plays very much into the gameplay. So it's uh, some levels that darkness kind of closes in around you. Um, you know, there's light orbs you collect that you can use as power-ups to use a lamp to freeze the monsters or swipe the screen to, uh, to trigger like a lightning blast to get them. And um And also, you know, certain stages require you to juggle keeping light in place so you can see where the monsters are coming from because they're all shadow monsters, so it's very dark and Mm -hmm. it's easy for them to kind of creep in. And it adds to the tension of the game. I mean, it starts off kind of slow and uh, builds up in intensity and and speed as you go. And by the end of the game, it gets pretty frantic. Uh, I mean, it's not super difficult. Uh, I mean, I think we've kind of scaled the PC version to be a little bit more challenging. Because we found that playing with the mouse, you're able to move a lot faster, and you can see more of what's going on mm-hmm. than if you're using like tapping on a touch device. Um, so we scaled it a little bit tougher just to kind of give it uh, an even challenge level. Um,
0: sure. And generally, people that play on PC think that they're yeah. better at video games than everybody else, so <laughs> you need to make <laughs> we, things harder for them.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we want to, to make it a little more hardcore friendly. Um, you know, and and for right now, the game, the PC version is an is an early beta, so people can buy the PC version for five bucks. Um, and what they're getting is essentially the, the core main storyline, uh, one unlockable bonus mode, and the game soundtrack. And then what we're going to do is uh, we've got an entire second campaign we're building that's story-based and kind of flips the whole concept and story on its head. Uh, and we're going to have a couple additional challenge modes we're going to add to the PC version. So um, basically you can buy it now and play sort of what's there, but you'll get double the content by the time we're done with it mm. uh, down the road. And the iOS version is slightly different where it has the same main story and one of the same main unlockable modes, we're gonna roll out a thing we're gonna call the Gauntlet, which is gonna be a series of like uh, super challenging, kind of puzzly levels uh, that are unlockable as you go. That kind of puts different spins and, and unique twists on the core mechanics in the game. So, um, you know, we're making each version slightly different in terms of the extra features and extra content to hopefully encourage people to check it out and play it on different platforms because it is it's, it's very different to play on PC versus uh, touch and it's kind of both both ways are fun in their own uh, experience. Mm-hmm. But yeah so that's sort of the game in a nutshell I mean uh the I mean I did a <laughs> I, I did a lot of the coding the sort of I ended up taking the lead on coding for this one just sort of because I had the time and I just threw myself into it um, but we've all worked on it and added different things like uh the soundtrack is very distinct and kind of uh, a lot of piano music but it's very weird and kind of spooky mm-hmm. uh, so the soundtrack has its own kind of vibe and it adds very much to like the overall uh, visual style I mean I did a lot of the voice work too there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of creepy whispering, like, yes, and delicious. And uh, I did a lot of strange uh, whispering and, and speaking backwards and in tongues. And then I would record that and loop it and reverse it and, and make these crazy stringed soundscapes of like creepy, you know, shadow monster sounds. So that's pretty much me doing all the weird talking, voicey shadow monster stuff in the game, uh, which is kind of funny. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the personality that we inject each of us. Uh, It kind of pops up in different ways, but um, it's a quirky game. It's weird. (laughs) Um, It's it's uh, it's unique. I would. I hope. I mean, I hope people like it. I hope people think it's uh, a little bit different. I mean, uh, it's. I don't think I've played a game quite like it. Uh, So that's sort of that was sort of the idea: just try something a little bit different and uh, get it out there and see what people think, and then kind of go from there.
0: Very cool very cool now you said that you were you wanted to play it on uh, or not play you wanted to make it for pc first and then thought about like ios after that uh when i saw the the trailer for it originally it, my my brain pretty much thinks oh that like makes perfect sense as an ios game uh, what <laughs> I, I don't know I, I almost feel like it's kind of backwards like what uh, why go for PC first? Was that just more of uh ease of like getting it on PC? You're making it on PC, therefore it works well on PC.
1: Well, I think I misspoke slightly. We sort of had the plan to do. I guess I don't know. Maybe it was the other way around. It was sort of it's sort of weird because we kind of flip flopped a little bit. Sure, sure. <laughs> like we're building as a PC game and you know approaching with a PC mindset, but I think. Um, We definitely had the intention of making an iOS version right off the bat.
0: Okay.
1: Um, It sort of was kind of up in the air what was going to come first. For a while, we're like, oh, maybe we'll do an iOS version and whatever. But then it was pretty clear that, like, look, we need to do a PC version too. And then it was sort of uh, we decided based on sort of how how people tend to – like, PC gamers are a little bit different than casual gamers. And uh, there's some hullabaloo too about if you put a mobile game out and then you try to put a PC version, it's – you know, it's a poured and it's crap and it's not, you know, like, I don't know what the mentality is. That's a little bit weird. But, um, you know, it is a PC game at its core. Like, we started building on PC. The intention was to have it on PC as well. But also at the same time, it's like we knew this is an iOS game. It, it, it you, know, you look at it and you can kind of tell. Which is, we've caught some flack for that too from, like, the PC gaming community. People are like, oh, well, it's a mobile mobile game. I don't want to play on PC. It doesn't belong on Steam. <laughs> we're trying to greenlit, we're trying to get the Steam version greenlit too, which is another whole process and it's a slow one. Um sure.
0: How, how's that uh process been uh just kind of in terms of uh getting it up there on, on Greenlight, the the reaction, all that kind of good stuff?
1: It it was interesting. Um I think probably because it is a game that very lends itself very well to sort of a more casual mobile platform mm-hmm. that, you know, some of our initial response we got from some of the people on Greenlight was like, eh, you know, it looks cool, but it's a mobile game, so it doesn't belong on Steam. I think that mentality is such garbage. Like, oh, well, it looks like it's an iOS game or it looks like it could be touch-centric, so it doesn't belong on Steam. It's like the whole elitist PC gamer, like, attitude. And, and I've always, I've been a PC gamer since, like, you know, I was... Coding in QBASIC, which is like, I forgot how to do that. But when I was a kid like, in <laughs> elementary school, I bought a QBASIC book, and I was and I l- used that and and troubleshot how to get like you know Wing Commander Armada to work on my computer in DOS. Like so, <laughs> I've been a PC gamer since you know I started gaming. Uh, sure, but. So it's like I so I understand like, okay, well but that whole mentality does make sense to me because you know, a gamer is a gamer. If you enjoy playing games on different platforms, you know, whatever. So some of the we sort of got some kickback. It's like, oh well, people were kind of rumbling like, yeah, we don't want this on Steam. It doesn't belong here. And I don't I don't I don't agree. I think there's a lot of room on Steam for different kinds of games. Um so but then then at the same time we also have gotten quite a few positive comments and uh, you know, trying to get upvotes, you know, really appreciate people coming and vote yes, because then it helps, but uh who knows if even Greenlight's going to be around for much longer, I don't know, I've heard different things, so mm-hmm. um, I hope they, you know, I hope they get rid of it in favor of a more open system that lets indies uh have a little bit more control and sort of just getting their games out, and I know that poses challenges in terms of discoverability and whatnot, but, right. I mean, man, it's just like, You know, you should be, there's, you know, PC is such an open platform. It's like the one, you know, open frontier where indie gamers and, or excuse me, indie developers can, you know, get their content out. And, and, you know, so we we released our PC beta directly through our site and sold like 10 copies. If we were able to release that directly through Steam, Mm -hmm. I think it would be a different story. Sure. But, you know, there's that divisibility there in that marketplace, and it seems like it would be really useful to let that be a little bit more accessible to indies. But who knows? I think that they're going that route at some point soon, but we'll see. Um, So until then, we're just going to keep plugging away at Greenlight. I think we're at 15% away from the top 100, so it's going to be a long call before we get uh, approved if we do.
0: I guess I feel like that uh the kind of process and everything has has changed a lot over the past what year and a half? Two year two years? Yeah. Year and a half? Something. Hear, yeah. Um so what what exact what is kind of the bar for for getting approved on Greenlight? You said you're fifteen percent away from the top hundred. Uh, yeah. is that like a number of the top hundred or is that the well, obviously, it can't be the top hundred percent because that would be all games that would <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Um, but so, do you need to be at like a certain place in that top hundred? Is that before you even get like approached by Valve to, for them to consider I- you or? How does I think
1: so. It's it's a little bit confusing. Um, yeah, that's, I mean... And, and I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to talk about it. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, to an extent, yeah. like, I mean, there. you know, with the current number of games that are on greenlit, that are waiting to be greenlit, I think they track that, and, you know, your score, your upvotes are sort of ranked, and I think there's more to it than that, but your ranking supposedly does play a, a big role in that. Okay. Um, so to get, you know, even close, you need to get, like tens of thousands of yes votes compared mm. to some of the ones that are in the top so it's really tricky the problem is too like I've noticed the past couple of months there hasn't been new games greenlit like since August there's been no like there's you know they do, do every month or every twice a month they would greenlit a new batch of games that yeah. hasn't happened in a couple of months so I've been watching mm. going okay and, and then also pairing that with what I've heard about talk of maybe them changing the system up and opening it up a little bit uh, it's interesting. So I'm sort of just waiting like <laughs> uh to to even get on greenlight you have to pay uh you know a nominal fee just to be able to submit your games and then once you do that you can su- submit unlimited number of games but uh you know it's a process. So Right. Yeah, it's a challenge. I mean it's kind of frustrating like we pay the fee and we put the work in but it's like who knows if we're ever going to make it on the service, you know, until the system changes which you know i love steam i love playing games on it but it would, it would be super nice if we you know we could get our game on there <laughs> sure sure even if a ton of people didn't buy it it's just nice to have that option uh since it's such a you know prominent platform for pc gamers
0: yeah yeah um i assume you're looking through other avenues green man gaming uh Desura, stuff like that or yeah i mean right now we've
1: We've put it out in a couple spots. Uh, I mean, we've got it, through, it directly through our site. People can buy it, and we're using <clears throat> Gumroad as sort of the uh, qu- the digital platform that which is pretty straightforward. Like, click on the link. You can check out the the stuff and the trailer and the info, and you just put in like your name your email and your credit card and then one click and you can get download the files and stuff but okay. we also have it up on uh i don't even know how to pronounce it. it's like itch.co or uh it's like there's like an indie gaming one and we're also gonna have it out on DeSura pretty soon i'm working on getting that uploaded so we're, we're approaching some of the other indie friendly portals to try to get you know and those are much easier to get your game on there um just to have it a little bit more accessible to invisible to people. But um, ideally it'd be great if we could get on steam. Cause I think that would definitely boost things uh, or not. we we'll never, you know, you never know until it happens. <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, we're also hoping to, I mean, we've got the iOS version and, you know, I iPhone and uh, iPad and um, we're hoping to maybe expand to other m- mobile consoles. <laughs> okay. We're sort of just waiting to see. Uh, we've got some, Contacts out to see if there's some options down that road in the future, but who knows? Um, I mean, I'd love to see it on Vita. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I think yeah. that the touch centric nature of the game kind of makes it, uh, you know, uh, I don't think there's as many games that are touch centric. There are a lot of, you know, more traditional handheld games on there, but mm-hmm. it'd be fun to do that. Who knows? Uh, sure. Or- and
0: I, I imagine any uh, Vita owner would be glad to have another game to be able to play. Yeah, I mean I, Sony's I think that, not doing the best job of supporting
1: it. <laughs> I definitely think the the real awesome thing about the Vita is the indies. I mean yeah. that's that's why I play like I, I'll check in and say, "Hey, what's on here now?" Oh, some there's like three or four new indie games. I want to download them and rock and roll like Yeah. It's nice to have a portable System that's more of like a console type system than you know a mobile phone where you can actually play like indie games on and and I feel good about buying game you know I'll buy indie uh, games from studios I like that are indies because I you know I'm supporting the game even if I have their game already on three other platforms. <laughs> I, <laughs> Just I sort I of how I work.
0: I do the same thing. I understand. I I bought like four copies of Bastion back when it came out. So okay. So <laughs> <Nice>. good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Great uh, it is. It is. All right. Well, um, I guess uh, that kind of does it for the main part of the interview here. Yeah. Um, you've got The Walking Dead to watch, so let's <laughs> let's jump into the uh, the end game here. Uh, so this is a set of questions that are kind of inspired by, um, the inside the actor studio. Uh, oh. so it's uh, there's there's no right or wrong answer. It's just uh, you know, your opinion. And the first one is, who's your favorite video game protagonist? Who's your favorite hero? Oh
1: gosh. Um. And they only get harder. So yeah, it's that's a tough one. I mean, right? Yeah, I am uh, just trying to think quick, so I don't take up too much time. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I'm trying to like avoid one of the more stereotypical ones. Um,
0: well, you never know; it might not actually be that stereotypical. Yeah, it's true?
1: It? True. Um, you know, I like uh, ugh, binding of Isaac. The uh, the, the little that's, dude there—he's so gross. I love it. <laughs> that's definitely not
0: stereotypical. That's awesome. That's great. I nobody said to, that I to, before.
1: I have to plug uh, Edmund's work because I've been a big fan of his stuff. Absolutely, uh, you know, Team Meat and just the other people he collaborates with. I just love, uh, love the different games he's put out, and that's one of my favorite ones. Like, I think it's a lot of it's one of the, a lot of people's favorite ones. Hey, abs, uh,
0: yes, very much so. That's a, another game uh, that I've bought multiple times. <laughs> oh yeah, and I'll <laughs> buy
1: it again when it comes out with the new retro version they are doing. So yep, yep, that's and uh,
0: the uh, the Super Meat Boy Forever that. Uh, ah. Yes. Um, Anyway, uh, moving on from there, who's your favorite antagonist?
1: (laughs) Oh, man. God, I've played so... You know, here's the thing, like, being a game freelancer, like, in the press, I've played so many games that it's really hard to, like... (laughs) I literally, I think I've reviewed over a thousand games in the past eight years. Uh, God, there's been a couple that I really liked, and I'm just drawing a blank. Um... See, I'm trying to think of, like, the most memorable, like, really, like, oh, that was so fucking awesome ones, but I, I can't think of them. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to pass. I do remember – I do – okay, I'll go retro on this one. I remember uh, Zelda 2, Ganon, when uh, he, the de- the game over screen, he's like, woof, 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 woof. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks like he's, a, he's just, like, a weird dog thing. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> and you always see him because he dies. die. So I don't think I ever got to Ganon in that one either, too. But, uh, nice. Yeah, I like it. That, A little off the cuff. I can't. uh, I'm sure there's a much better answer somewhere in this brain, but I can't uh, (laughs) extract it in a reasonable time frame. Sure, sure.
0: So um, now uh, there are a lot of tropes and and themes that are kind of in the industry today. What is one uh, that you wish would just go away, just be gone, no more? Uh,
1: Well, mechanical. I'd say quick time events. But okay, that works. (laughs) yeah, not a, not a big fan I don't think a lot of people are though I think there's a couple games that have done them well but they're nope, f- not super really. far <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah
0: no, I always hate it when a uh, big button flashes up on the screen and it's just like, it's bouncing up and down telling you to just hammer Glasses your button. thumb it's like, oh, I'm so tough, I can press a button um, <laughs> so, uh, changing directions a little bit what was one of your favorite writing gigs that you had in the past 10 years?
1: oh man I you know hands down would be Nintendo Power sure. um, the, I I won't get into it now but there's a really fun story about how I kind of got involved in Nintendo Power but I mean, when I was a kid I remember getting like my first Nintendo and and kind of like becoming like a newsletter subscriber and then you no know, Nintendo power came out and I was like wow that was like my bibles I like could carry stacks of them around <laughs> uh you know and my parents would drive around I'd be in the back of the car with my game boy and like you know reading through the tips for the games and like saying, mm-hmm. oh new games coming out so I just I just loved the magazine and granted it changed quite a bit over the years but um you know and I, st- I stopped reading it you know in my teens and then i went to college whatever and i stopped playing as many video games but when i graduated college and i you know got married and i went to the supermarket to get some groceries and i was like nintendo power magazine what do you know so i picked it up and i started thumbing through it again i'm like you know this is like it had grown up a little bit i mean some of the articles i mean i really loved the community section like talking about the you know uh, some of the kind of Nintendo fan uh, creations and you know, the game music cover bands and some of the weird stuff like chiptunes, like mm-hmm. that was sort of what introduced me to all of that great stuff that I got really hooked on later on um, so it was just really cool to eventually down the road be able to uh, pitch the magazine and successfully become you know a regular contributor and I think I wrote for gosh two or three, two and a half years maybe before the magazine shut down but it um, was a lot of fun just to kind of be you know, writing reviews and writing uh and i did a lot of contributing to the community section that was like my main beat for the <clears> magazine so it was kind of fun just to one have the power to kind of pick out and pitch and highlight uh interesting folks that were you know super hardcore fans that uh had really interesting things and they would uh devote their time to like you know making uh bead creations of <laughs> characters or uh you know doing musical interludes of, of classic songs and stuff so there's a lot of just weird stuff that I would dig up and, and pitch that and that would get in the magazine so that was it was rewarding and it was a good run I think but, um, I was bummed when, uh, when I heard they were going to shut down but uh, mm-hmm. that's sort of happening a lot in terms of print stuff in the industry sure. Sure. But, uh, yeah favorite gig awesome
0: now you're obviously living the dream you're both doing the writing thing and you're getting to make video games uh, <laughs> now but if there was something else you could try what is something that you would want to try professionalize
1: Man, that's tough because I sort of have branched out and done all of the main things that I've always been interested in. The gaming, gaming is sort of the one of the ones. Like making games has been one of the ones that I sort of have avoided for so long, just because of you know not really on my radar so much. Um, I mean, I I've, I've been a musician for most of my life, so I've played in bands, I've done you know, gone on tours and, and been all kinds, done all kinds of weird stuff and loud music, or whatever not doing that so much anymore um i mean i've written a couple books now i've definitely planned to write some more books uh, mm-hmm. i've got some books that are written that i'm still working on finishing and uh, i don't know i mean i guess game making games sort of is my next year. i think ideally what would be great is if down the road i could um find a way to to be able to make a living entirely on creative projects like passion projects which mm-hmm. is something that's really tough to do and well i love freelancing you know right now the freelancing is sort of uh, paying the bills and the game stuff is a growing new adventure so uh, it'd be great if I could get to the game studio to the point where we're making enough games and enough income that it could be more of a serious part-time thing um, or even more than a part-time thing and then have uh, writing stuff like books and, and doing articles on the side uh, being more of like a for fun because I always love writing I'm not going to stop writing but you know, being able to focus entirely on the creative stuff that I really enjoy uh, versus the stuff that I enjoy but also pays the bills <laughs> right yeah I guess that's sort of the, the logical answer for
0: <laughs> sure. sure
1: where I'm at now and in, in my career and the things
0: alright well second to last question um, have you ever seen Escape from LA I
1: feel like I have no I, I think I have it's been a long time and I think okay. I've only seen parts of it if, but if, yes,
0: if you haven't seen all of it that's okay I haven't seen it either uh, this is totally Brian's question here um, but uh, at the end I think it's Escape from L.A. It may be Escape from New York He'll tell me he'll, he'll tell me next time I talk to him I don't remember um, But uh, at the end of one of those Kurt Russell movies Snake Plissken uh, gets a device That can activate a uh, series of satellites That will set off a giant EMP And basically throw us back to the Stone Age Nice you get a memo that says that's happening tomorrow. Oh. What video game do you play tonight?
1: Oh man! Oh snap! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, you know what? If I could have access to, I would play. Um, gosh, now hyper uh, hyper light drifter. That's not out oh, yet. Oh yeah, yeah. I want to play that so bad. <laughs> Also a Game Maker game, and it's incredible because the guys that are making it, I, I I don't know much about their background, but I know this is sort of like their debut game from their studio, mm-hmm. and the game just looks fucking amazing. Like it does. I just, it's really impressive. And um, for, as someone who uses Game Maker and is learning to use more of its different features, like it's it just blows my mind to see what they're able to do with it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I would and I would play that. <laughs> it's also
0: one of those crazy games that just got way more than you know, they ever asked for. It's it was Which is, nuts.
1: Which is great. And I love to see, like, I mean, obviously that's the dream for everyone. Like, I would love if Go to Bed or one of our other games that we're coming up with hits it and, you know, gets that firestorm of publicity and sales and stuff. But, you know, it's great to see other people doing that too because, I mean, it's going to be an awesome game. I'm excited to play it. And it's cool to see people being able to, uh, you know, make a living out of their their passion, especially Mm -hmm. like on the first right out the starting gates like that. So, absolutely good stuff. Yeah, and um, last question.
0: Uh, at the end of your life, when you come to the gates of the Mushroom Kingdom and Toad <laughs> is there with the book of the deeds of your life, I what do you want him to say to you?
1: Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what do I want, you, want him to say to me? Yeah. Um,
0: yeah it's the, the Mario version of uh, the yeah. what do you want God to say to you, so... <laughs> not not assuming that anybody believes anything, so we just we go with Mario, the great equalizer.
1: <laughs> party on, dude! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird question. Uh, uh, <laughs> but I'm but I'm okay with that because I like weird questions. I'm I'm
0: glad to hear that. Party on, dude! Party on, Garth! Yeah. Party, party on, on, one. on yeah! That's, 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 <laughs> uh, All right, well, congratulations, Nathan. You passed. I've survived. You've survived. Okay. <laughs> You uh, all, all you get is our admiration and the promise that this will this podcast will go up in a timely manner. Awesome. Uh, that's that's all I have to give. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, for joining me tonight and, and talking about uh, go to bed, survive the night. If you could send us out just by telling our listeners where they can go to find out more about the game.
1: Yes, indeed. Um, we have on our website we have a game page for the game, and what it does is it has a trailer, it has details, and it has a link to the purchase pages. Uh. For both the iPhone and the PC version. So uh, you can find all of this in one spot at uh, touchfightgamescom GTB. So go to bed. It's a GTB. Um, touchifygamescom slash gtb that's where you can find the games page and how to purchase it and more info and all that good stuff and we certainly if you want to check it out the ios version is only a buck right now it's going to be a buck through halloween probably a little bit past halloween but then we're going to raise the price a little bit when we drop a big content update we're working mm. on so awesome. if you get it sooner than later you'll get all of that bonus content for the cheapy introductory price very <laughs> good um, and the PC version is five bucks, and it comes with the soundtrack, and we'll have probably double the content of the iOS version. Okay. Yeah. So thanks for the support. We appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me on the show.
0: Very cool. Well, thank you for being on, and uh, go watch some Walking Dead. Yes.